Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hey, what's going on, Reg? How you doing? (laughs) You don't even understand that reference. Joe Walsh, the great guitarist of the Eagles and James Gang and by himself used to say that. That used to be one of his catchphrases. He used to do radio, actually, on a lot of different uh, stations. He used to come on here in Chicago and do fill-ins a lot. How you doing? (laughs) Now he's sober and he's kind of boring. (laughs) He was interesting and funny and crazy back then. Uh all you have to do is listen to his song called uh, Life's Been Good, and that tells you the whole story about Joe Walsh. Okay, my friend, you don't even know who Joe Walsh is, do you? No, he's shaking his head, no. Okay. <laughs> I've got to start hanging around more with people that get my references. I'm much more effective. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are you ready? I am. I'll give you the uh, three S's in the countdown. You give me the... Music, and I'll give you podcast number 370. Put it in the book, okay? Here we go. Star, smile, strong. Three, two, one. Wait. (laughs) Here we go again. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. As we should be. So don't forget, listening is just a part of the expectation. Your other chore is to get out there and tell the world, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. That loyalty and devotion, ah, words can't describe. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, hit the prompt for podcasts. Then you'll see another prompt for this podcast. And my gosh, when you hit that button, well, that'll be just about the best button and the best click you ever did. Talk about clickbait. You can just keep clicking and clicking, keep scrolling down and keep listening. Podcast after podcast after podcast. We've been doing this since May. 24th. I know the date now. Thank you, Craig. May 24th, 20. Fifteen. No, 2016. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and this is podcast number 370. How you doing? I was just mentioning before we started, uh, before we turn the mics on, you don't hear any of that. Um, oh, if you could only hear that. That's, there's almost another show going on sometimes. 
How you doing was a phrase that Joe Walsh, the great rock and roll guitarist of the James Gang and later of the Eagles, also a solo act, that used to be one of his catchphrases. Back in the 80s, Joe used to do a lot of radio in different markets, including some fill-ins here in Chicago for Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer a lot of times. And uh, he was the epitome of your 70s rock star. All those stories you used to hear about the excesses and the debauchery. Uh, Joe Walsh was definitely uh, one of the ringleaders. He was one of those guys like Keith Moon uh, that uh, went to excess in almost everything they did, not only in their musical talent and their playing, but also off stage, <laughs> mostly off stage. You know, the thing about it, uh, in the life of a rock star, you're off stage more than you're on stage. And all that adrenaline, all that adoration, uh, all that energy, uh, you, you just can't shut it off. Uh, and that's what happened in the 70s. Uh, these guys were kind of writing the book. Now, uh, you know, big performers have the advantage, if they want, to look at the mistakes of rock stars of the past and the way they led their lives, and many of them lost their lives, sadly, to excesses of drugs or alcohol. And so now, a lot of performers can look back and learn from history. But back in the 60s, and especially in the 70s, when music, when rock music, I mean, rock music, you know, began in the 50s for the most part with Elvis and and Little Richard and Chuck Berry and so many others, Buddy Holly. Um, But it really, and then, of course, the Beatles in the 60s took it to another level. But it was in the 70s where it really became a business and there was a lot of money to be made. In the 60s, there was a ton, I mean, obviously the Beatles, you know, ended in this in 1970, and there was money to be made, but uh, there wasn't the money that was in. But only a few groups, like the Beatles and such, made that kind of money. And then the concert uh, venue really started to to grow. Uh, you know, the Beatles stopped touring in 1966, so it left the it left the, the market open for everyone else, and bands started to fill that void, and and their popularity grew, and that's when all of a sudden rock bands went from playing small little clubs or small little theaters into playing big arenas and stadiums, filling up you know Madison Square Garden with twenty thousand seats or or, or um, Chicago Stadium here with twenty thousand seats or even more, uh, getting into stadiums, football stadiums with 60 and 70 and 80,000 people. And that's when the money really started to come in. And that's when a lot of the excess, uh, these guys were just, they just had more money and more success than they ever they ever could have imagined. And uh, some of them were able to handle it. Most of them were not. I think if you if you were a rock star in the 70s, it was almost as if, if you if you made it through to the 90s you were a survivor and many of them didn't if you look at most of the major rock stars of the 70s who then went on 
to have huge fame in the 80s, which is really what happened. Everybody talks about all these 80s bands and, and 80s um, 80s music nostalgia, and it's always a Culture Club and Billy Idol and Thompson Twins and Duran Duran and, uh, you know, obviously Thriller with Michael Jackson, but it's all these British New Wave acts you think about the 80s, and then, of course, you know, things like Dirty Dancing. It was, it was an interesting mishmash of, of popular music. But really, the biggest acts of the 80s were acts that started in the 70s. And you say, Jim, what are you talking about? I mean, there was Tear for, Tears for Fears. And as I said, uh, you know, Boy George and Madonna, uh, these were the acts of the 80s. Well, they were, no question. But if you look at the biggest acts of the 1980s, in terms of record sales and concert sales, it was Michael Jackson, who was around from the 60s and the 70s, with the Jackson 5 and himself. Bruce Springsteen, with Born to Run, with Born in the USA, sold 14 million copies. Prince, who had his first albums in the late 70s. Genesis and Phil Collins, dating back to the 60s and 70s. David Bowie, dating back to the 60s and 70s. Tina Turner, dating back to the 60s and 70s. <laughs> so everybody talks about 80s nostalgia, and they mention those 80s bands with the, uh, the post-punk hairstyles and the synthesizers, and there's no question that those bands had their moment. But if you look at the real big stars of the 80s who, who sold some major albums... In the, in the dozens of millions of albums and had huge international fame and huge international tours around uh, every country you could think of, it was mostly the, eight, the 70s and 80s bands. Another one I'm thinking about, Dire Straits, started in the 70s. Their first hit, Sultans of Swing, was like 1970, what? Maybe 1979? Yeah. The Police, probably the biggest band in the world at one point. Started in the 70s, late 70s. So as much as the 80s had their homegrown bands of, the, of that era, many of the bands that gained first fame and first exposure in the 70s hit their heights in terms of mass popularity in the 80s. Now you say, Jim, what, 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 what are you talking about? What, what, why are you bringing all this up? <sighs> I don't know, but I can make a segue out of it. I can make a segue out of it. I didn't realize I could until just now. That's how fast my mind works. I went off on this tangent. I'm not even sure how I got started on 80s music. <laughs> but once again, as I say all the time, that's what you love about an Elton Jim podcast. You never know what it's about until you listen. 
even the headline that I print every time, you know, about what it's about, right, to get you to listen, give you a little hint, I always follow up on my promise, but there's a lot more there than this, that one little topic. But somehow I bring it all together, and this time I could actually say that it is tying into my topic, even though it I didn't think about it. I didn't talk about this 80s music and the 70s and 60s popularity and that now it's popular. It was popular there in the 80s. That that wasn't in my mind when I was talking about my subject today. But now that I think about it, it makes perfect sense. Because I wanted to talk about a pop culture, I guess, I don't know what you would call it. A figure, pop culture figure, who was first exposed to us back in the 70s and now is gaining 50 years or more than 50 years, is gaining some newfound popularity. Now, let me first offer this disclaimer. I've said this in the past if I brought it up, and, I'll, and I, I certainly will bring it up again. Um, this is in no way what I'm going to be talking about today. I am in no way getting any kind of enumeration and I am no getting, no, this is no endorsement. I would have talked about this regardless because it is a part of, of my pop culture upbringing. So what I'm going to talk about here, I have no ulterior motives, but I want to be clear at the beginning in case anybody goes, oh, well, that was a commercial. No, it's not. My wife does work for the McDonald's Corporation. She makes a hell of a, of a uh, quarter pounder with cheese. No, she doesn't work at one of the, she doesn't work at one of the stores. She works uh, for the corporate side. But she does work for McDonald's. But I would be talking about this regardless. So I just want to let you know. Yes, I do. My wife does work for McDonald's, but I am in no way being personally endorsed, personally paid, and I have no other motivation to talk about this except that, and I'll explain to you, except that it's my thing. It's my thing. Long before she worked for McDonald's. She hasn't worked for McDonald's all that long anyway. So now that that is out of the way. Let me say happy birthday to Grimace. Now, if you're watching television, if you're driving by a McDonald's, if you're looking on television, if you're clicking around on the internet, you'll be seeing a ton of stories that McDonald's has begun a marketing campaign and is celebrating the 52nd. I don't know what, I don't know why that is so... um, special as i said many times we enjoy anniversaries with a zero or with a five at the end so 52 i'm not sure where that falls into a milestone but you know what these days it doesn't take much to create a celebration i mean right every look at the calendar every day now is a day of something, right? Oh, it's National Pancake Day. Oh, it's National Cheeseburger Day. Oh, it's National Hot Dog. Oh. I never talk about those on this podcast. I never talk about those on the radio. That is 
lazy broadcasting. If you ever hear anybody talking about, oh, today's National Pickle Day, that means they have really not, they have, they have, they, they've run out of ideas and they're falling out on some easy radio playbook broadcasting stuff. That's too easy. Too easy. Never do that. I never do that. But I am going to talk about Grimace because I believe that I put something out into the universe. I'm not big on that whole, you know, I asked the universe for, I'm not into new age things. I'm not, you know, as I've, you know, if, if you've listened to the podcast or me on the radio, you know, as I've said, I'm, I'm a realist. I try to deal in realism. I'm a, I'm a, a realistic optimist. But realistic is the first word in that. I like to deal with the facts and I like to deal with reality. Hopes and dreams are fantastic and God knows I have them. But I also have them with a, with a, with a, with a, with a shooter uh, with, a, with a follow-up of a little reality thrown in there. So I don't believe that, you know, I, I asked the universe for this. Some people, and that's great. If, that, if, that's, if that's the way you believe or you think, I have no problems with that. That's just not, not, my, it's just not my thing. But I will use this because every so often my, my logic, my reality-based uh, philosophy of the world does get, in, does get infringed with this other aspect of life. I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'm just telling you what I believe and how I sort of make my decisions. But, hey, I make decisions based on hopes and dreams too. Believe me. <laughs> I like to sometimes come off as, oh, you know, I'm just very black and white, but I'm very gray. And the gray that I have, I usually take care of with some, with some just for men. <laughs> so, yeah, my, I, my personality is kind of all over the place. My, my ideology is kind of over the place. I'm very, I'm very reality-based, but yet I'm very, I look at the world in shades of gray. You know, I, I don't always... Uh, have definite yeses and nos, and I certainly don't try to um, inflict my thought, my beliefs on anyone else, and I don't put anyone down if whatever your beliefs are. It's it's hard enough to get through every day and every year that we're here. Whatever you need, whatever is important to you, whatever uh, enables you to keep going. Whatever that is, whatever religion or philosophy or mind, whatever that is, if it works for you, I say, great. Just don't put mine down. I'm accepting yours, so you accept mine and we're fine. We all, we're all cutting our own paths. But in this case, I do believe every so often, I do send things out into the, into the ether, into the universe, and they come back. Fulfilled. Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you. Because in fact, my wife coming to work or going to work for McDonald's plays into this. So, 
as it stands right now, and I will talk about the grimmest birthday meal at McDonald's, and of course, the thing that is very near and dear to me, I told you, I love berry stuff. I love blueberry, raspberry, blackberry. I love blueberry pie. I love blueberry or blackberry cobbler. I mean, I love, you know, when I get anything, uh, it's a mixed berry. You know, my favorite yogurt is blueberry. I just love berry stuff. Berry, berry good to me. I don't even know. You know what? Could you even do a Chico Escuela skit anymore? That would probably be banned. You'd be canceled if you did Chico Escuela anymore. You know, if we think about that. And if you don't know who Chico Escuela is, Google that. Because I don't want to do it and get canceled. <laughs> if you do know, you understand what I'm talking about. But um, I love berry. Mixed berry. Berry flavored. If I see berry flavored anything, I will give it a shot. And the great thing about Grimace's birthday, because if you remember Grimace... One of the McDonald's characters, when they had McDonald Land, introduced in the early 70s, right around when I was growing up. I was a little young, but I was, I was getting into it. By the time I became aware, McDonald Land was, was there. It was a major force. The Mc, that whole McDonald Land with the characters uh, was a part of their advertising, their marketing for a good part of the 70s and into the 80s. And they were aimed right at me. I was the age group that they wanted to, 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 to make McDonald's a habitual uh, you know, food choice. And it worked. There's no question about that. I've always been a fan of McDonald's. That's why it's ironic that my wife now works for McDonald's. Because even long before, for, for decades before, I've always had like little McDonald's memorabilia around my house just because it's so iconic. I'm a pop culture junkie, a pop culture freak. And in the United States and around the world, McDonald's is perhaps the, the best known pop culture logo ever. For years, for decades again, traveling around the world. If you look at all the pictures that I have taken around, throughout Europe, other countries, for whatever reason, it's, it was, it's, it's, almost, um, it's almost like a prophecy, really, that my wife would, be get, would, would work for McDonald's eventually. It's only been a couple of years. That... Um, because whenever we would go to a, to, a, to a foreign country for walking down the street and I saw McDonald's in Germany or in Spain or in France or in England or in Italy or in Greece, wherever it was, I always would take a picture of the McDonald's just because of a pop culture thing. Like here I am amongst the ruins of Greece and there's a McDonald's. I was grown I was I was I was raised on the McDonald's marketing no question in the in the mid to late 70s and and in the 80s grew up on that went to McDonald's my gosh I remember in 5th and 6th grade when in 7th and 8th you know when I started playing basketball in grammar school after every game 
we would go to McDonald's. That's what we would do. I remember the 19, wow, what, what Olympics was it? Maybe 72 or 70, probably 76, yeah. They had this, they had this game with McDonald's and the Olympics. It was a great marketing campaign. They gave you these little, these little, um, these little breakaway uh, things. I can't. Even, I don't know what they were. They even were. They were just these little squares, you know, paper squares. And you, and when you ripped it open, and it mentioned one of the events. I don't know if it was a scratch off too. It may have been a scratch off thing. And it mentioned an event in the Olympics. And if the United States got a medal in that event on your little scratch card that they would give you when you'd go to McDonald's, they'd give you a couple of these little scratch cards and you scratch it off and it would say the event. So for instance, it would say, um, you know, it, it was the Summer Olympics. Of, of one of those years. So I don't know if it was 72 or 76. I don't know. But, um, well, I don't know. Because 80 was the Winter Olympics. I don't know. Anyway. So it, whatever, whatever was on your little scratch card for that event, if we, if the American, if USA medaled, got a bronze, a silver, or a gold medal in that event, you won a certain thing from McDonald's. So if they got, I believe the way it was was if you got a bronze, if, if if so let's say it was in the, you know track and field thing right the the, I don't know I don't even know any of the those categories but let's say the five hundred meter dash I don't know whatever it was right whatever the 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 event was if America meddled in it you got something free from McDonald's so I think a bronze was a small Coke. And a uh, a silver was a was a was a fry, and then if they got a gold medal, you got like a you can get a Big Mac or a quarter pounder, like the premium burger at the time. They didn't have as many choices for burgers back then. McDonald's menu was very small. Uh, that's why they were able to make things fast because there wasn't 58 things on there. They, that place run and still, you know, it runs like an assembly line. Um, the menu is certainly much bigger than it was then, but that was the originally reason why McDonald's was so fast. And that was what they, they, uh, they built their reputation on fast and hot food, fast food, right? That's where the, that's where the phrase came from. It was because of McDonald's you ordered and you got that. Boom. If you were a little hungry, you go to McDonald's and you can get your food fast, fast food. So there were so, so I can't remember which Olympics it was now, but uh, we did really well. The Americans did really well this year, this summer that they that they did the this promotion tying into the Olympics. It was really a smart promotion. Surprised they never brought it back. Probably because they they lost a lot of money. So several times in that Olympics, the Americans won all three. They, 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 they swept the entire event. Bronze, silver, and gold. 
And so you you can go there and get a whole meal. You got your you got your soft drink, your fry, and your and your burger for nothing. You just gave them that card. But sometimes you got your free Big Mac or your free quarter pounder. Or sometimes you just got a free fry. Or sometimes it it it, it, it once again it was so smart because it, it you know, you it, it made you watch the Olympics. And then you went back, and you had to go within a week or something, or it would, or it would uh, of the event, and they get you back there. Great marketing. Um, those golden arches, you know, especially growing up here and living in Chicago, McDonald's was headquartered, still is, was headquartered in Chicago, in Oakbrook for many years. Now it's downtown, so there was always a Chicago connection to McDonald's to begin with, with Ray Kroc. And uh, those commercials, which were fantastic, aimed at kids, Ronald McDonald, the McDonaldland entire concept with Mayor McCheese and Big Mac was the, uh, was the, uh, the Big Mac was the cop and the Hamburglar. And then there was that pirate I never really liked the pirate. Uh, I like a hamburger was all right, and Ronald was cool. But my favorite, for whatever reason, was Grimace. I just thought he looked cool. He was this big purple blob. We still don't know what Grimace is, even today, as they're marketing this campaign today in 2023, celebrating his 52nd birthday. They're still vague and nebulous about what Grimace is supposed to be. Is he supposed? Some people say he's a taste bud. He's shaped like a taste bud. Some people say he's sort of taste. He's got no shape because his original um, characteristic was he liked to steal milkshakes. Grimace was actually a villain at the beginning of the McDonald Land little story. And if you go back on YouTube and look at early McDonald Land commercials. You will see, I think the whole McDonald Land concept started in like uh, 1971. And so if you watch the original McDonald Land concepts, very similar to, in look especially, one of my favorite shows, which is probably why I also got attracted to McDonald's as a food because I was taken in by the advertising as a little kid. I loved H&R Puffin stuff. I had an H&R Puffin stuff um, lunchbox, which I still wish I had. I, I, you can find them on the internet, but my gosh, they're like 125 bucks, and what am I really going to do with this thing? But the, I, but my when I was in first grade, I remember my... First or second grade, my my tin lunchbox was HR Puff and stuff. I loved it. You can't get a little because you can't get enough. If I and, and, and whoever knew, you know, there there were other supposedly there was other layers to that whole show. If you think about it, HR Puffin stuff. The 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 rumor is that that show was basically like one big drug trip. Puffing stuff. What you were puffing was marijuana. And it was very psychedelic. The whole thing was very psychedelic in its look. Talking trees. <laughs> you know. Uh, 
you know, all these weird characters. It was very manic. That was the rumor years later that that H&R Puff and stuff, which was a popular show in the late 60s and early 70s, kids show on Saturday mornings, was really a veiled kind of just (laughs) drug-hazed TV show. And at that time, the people that were writing it, most likely in their 20s and 30s, were probably, you know, of the the emerging baby boomer generation going, hey, man, they were all smoking marijuana anyway. So they were, they were like, hey, we can, we, can, we can mask this. What a joke we could play on everybody. We'll mask this as a kid show, and we'll, we'll be able to, you know, silently, you know, promote drug use. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I've allegedly read stories about that. But it was such a popular show. It was on ABC. I, in fact, I still have, a, I have a, an H&R Puffin stuff figurine. Just loved H.R. Puff and stuff. Probably my favorite TV show, Sid and Marty Crofts. They did all those TV shows with all these different characters like Sigmund and the Sea Monster and so many others. Lidsville with Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> um, so, but if you look at the early McDonald land, it was basically, in fact, I was doing a little research and apparently McDonald's initially came to Sid and Marty Croft and asked them, if they would get involved with creating this McDonald land universe. And then for some reason, it's, it, 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 the negotiations broke down. And the next thing that Sid and Marty Croft knew was that here was this McDonald land thing that looked very similar to their H&R Puffin stuff. Characters and puppetry and and uh, the entire land, the entire environment that was built. Like Mont- McDonald land looked like the world of H&R Puff and stuff to the point where Sid and Marty Croft sued McDonald's for copyright infringement. And it took like 10 years. And they ultimately won the case. But regardless, that's backstory stuff. When you were a little kid, impressionable you watch tv i mean i was right in their wheelhouse i loved those mcdonald commercials i was never a big fan of ronald but he's cool because once again i mean i used to, i i mean i remember we we i would we would just go to mcdonald's all the time I, my mom i gotta go to mcdonald's and i remember getting these mcdonald land plastic cups these yellow cups with ronald mcdonald and they used to have these puppets these little plastic puppets that look like ronald mcdonald they used to give you all these cool things all these giveaways you know burger king used to have those those crowns that you got but mcdonald's always had cool stuff then of course in the 80s and 90s they really upped the game when they did their um their happy meals and put a little toy in there that was based on something or based then later based on movies i remember in 1989 i was going to mcdonald after mcdonald to get the batman toys and the happy meals I'm telling you, folks, I'm, I, I was very scary. Still am. <laughs> Not as much as I used to be, but, um, you know, I, I can't talk about anybody in their 20s and 30s and 40s and even 50s about being collectors or being into something way too much because that was me. And it all started as a little kid. 
And I'm sure that in some ways it started with all the cool McDonald's stuff. They just had the, they just did it right. And then when I got a little older and I started to, you know, because of McDonald's, once again, being um, based here in Des Plaines, there was this old fashioned McDonald's the, they, that they just is still there. I believe it's not open anymore. I don't know if it's still there or not, but the, the it, was, it was one of the first McDonald's because once again, it was based here. So they had one here in, in Des Plaines. And for years, it was kind of a, of a museum because the early McDonald's did not. You, it, was a, it was a takeout. Once again, fast food. In the mid-70s, it was a big thing when McDonald's switched their restaurants from takeout, purely takeout. McDonald's used to have takeout. They would have little benches on the sides where you can eat, but, it was, it, but they weren't even tables. It was really kind of a drive, drive-in kind of place, like many of the places in the 60s uh, and 50s were like dog and suds and things like that. You, you know, a lot of places you would pull up in your car. And there's a place here in Chicago called Superdog where you still can pull up into the car and they'll bring your food to your car. So McDonald's was, 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 was kind of like that. But it was a huge deal in the 70s when McDonald's decided to make eat-in restaurants. That was huge because it was mostly a takeout place. It was like, oh, my gosh, you could sit down in McDonald's now. Ooh. But as I got older, I realized then before Ronald, when McDonald's first started on the West Coast by a couple of brothers, before Ray Kroc took it over and made it into this huge franchise empire of fast food, their logo, their mascot, was a little hamburger with a chef's hat called Mr. Speedy. Once again, based on that concept of fast food. Get it hot, get it fast. That was McDonald's credo from the beginning. And so there was this little mascot called Mr. Speedy who's still around. You can still find him. Once again, go online, look up Mr. Speedy, and you'll see him. And if there's ever any kind of vintage McDonald's things, you will see Mr. Speedy. We have had, this is my point, this is so crazy about this, really. We have had for at least 25 years, long before my wife ever worked for McDonald's. It's only been the last two years, three years. We've had from like, I believe it was the Franklin Mint or one of those places that makes collectibles. We have a probably a foot high figure of Mr. Speedy. You know, he's on a little, uh, he's on a little stand. And, it, you know, it's well-painted, and he's all dressed. He's got his little tad on. He's got his little white suit with his, his red bow tie and his striped pants. We've had that in our kitchen for the last 25 years, if not more. If you go to a lot of swap meets, you know, like the Kane County Fair here in Chicago area and things like that, um, they'll have these, these people that have, you know, like a, a, a booth or whatever you would call it, and they have these metal signs, and they have like they look like uh, you know highway signs, and a lot of them are vintage signs of you know like old gas stations like Texaco. They'll have the logos from the way back, and they had one of McDonald's with Mister Speedy. Twenty five years ago, we bought that once again. 
We have that in our kitchen. We've had it in there for 25 years. Our kitchen sort of has a baker motif. My wife likes to bake. So our, 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 our kitchen has a lot of bakers, different things with bakers, some little, you know, decorative plates and things like that on the seat, on the walls, but it's like baking. Well, well, this was perfect. Mr. Speedy had the, the chef's hat. That's how you, the baker always had a chef's hat. So anything with a chef's hat, you know, we would always buy and put in our, in our uh, kitchen. So we've had Mr. Speedy in our kitchen for 25 years, long before my wife ever worked for McDonald's. So I've always been a fan of McDonald's. Always, it's just, it's been a, it's, it's been, it's always been around in my life. I haven't known a time without it. And as I said, given when I was born, it, I was, I was in that age group where McDonald's took off and became the empire that it is today in the fast food world. I can honestly say I, I probably, on my own, built a couple of those restaurants loved going to mcdonald's like the food love the toys and really more importantly loved the culture that it that it created because of that mcdonald land thing and if you think later then they made the little the playgrounds in the mcdonald's and they looked like mcdonald land now i was a little too old for that which made me mad because I saw kids playing around like in McDonald land and I, I, I was a little jealous, but I was too old by that time. So I've always had a soft spot for all those McDonald land characters. Mayor McCheese, when we've gone to, we've, we've gone to the New York thing, you know, Macy's Day parade and it was always, hey, there's Ronald. They always had this huge Ronald McDonald, uh, you know, Balloon always took a picture of Ronald. It's just, it, it, he was a major part of my growing up period because that's when McDonald made a real big marketing push to indoctrinate me and my age group into the McDonald's culture. And they did an amazing job because here I am, you know, 50 some years later. Still talking about McDonald's and still getting misty-eyed talking about it. And remembering things like that, you know, like these toys and remembering these commercials, remembering that Olympic game. So this clearly played an impact, had an impact in my life and is a part of my growing up memories. You can always count on McDonald's wherever you went. So I've always had a soft spot for the McDonald Lands characters. Ronald, Mayor McCheese, the Big Mac, Hamburglar. But I really loved Grimace. Not sure why. Maybe it was I don't know why, but I always liked Grimace. He looked cool, this big purple blob. As I said before, early Grimace, think of his name, Grimace is negative. Grimace is not a smile. Grimace is mean. And Grimace was mean. The whole, within this whole McDonald land little world, they had all these different characters and they had their own distinct personalities. Mayor McCheese 
And if you listen, if you if you watch, go back on YouTube because you can watch them. If you watch some of the early 1970s commercials, especially when I was talking about this connection or this uh, comparison and similarity between HR Puff and stuff, not only did it look this similar, but many of the voices, these commercials, they were they were fairly complex. They they used to tell stories. Like here in McDonald Land, and there was a little little thirty second or a minute story with all these characters interacting, and all of a sudden, of course, they all wound up eating McDonald's at the end. But there was like a mini story. They were very involved. That's why they hooked me, because these characters were not just visually interesting, but they had personalities, just like the HR Puffet stuff. And the funny thing is, if you go back and watch once again on YouTube some of the McDonald land commercials from the seventies and you watch some episodes of H and R puff and stuff. Not only does it visually look the same, but many of the same voiceover actors were used who were on originally HR puff and stuff. They also hired those same people to do the voices for the McDonald's characters like mayor McCheese and others. So when grimace was first introduced, grimace was actually a villain he used to steal milkshakes. That's why they had the Big Mac as the policeman. <laughs> because there was Hamburglar stealing hamburgers and Grimace stealing shakes. And if you walk through McDonald Land, there was a pa- there was like a pasture filled with little boxes of fries. It really was like HR Puff and stuff. It was very cool. So if you loved HR Puff and stuff, McDonald's was very smart. They're like, hey, we can use this, you know, uh, this uh, this Sid and Marty Croft thing. I don't know what happened as to why they didn't use Sid and Marty Croft. They probably figured, well, you know what, we we can do this on our own. But they did. They did lose that case. So they did it on their own, and they ultimately um, lost their 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 case. But regardless, those characters created definitely played an impact they were real characters they weren't just visual that's why the burger king you know the burger king guy you know he's well known but he he never he's just weird looking you didn't endear yourself you could actually say oh i liked hamburglar i liked grimace because those commercials that they did for McDonald Land, these little mini vignettes, those characters had their own traits and their own personalities. So you could be attached to them and you could like one more than the other. Just excellent marketing. You can't you can't deny that. And for whatever reason. I've always been a fan of the villain, <laughs> so maybe that's why I like Grimace. But after a year or so, they realized, well, you know what? We really don't want to have, because even they even softened Hamburglar. And so they softened Grimace, and they made him kind of this lovable guy a couple of years later. Because I was like, well, you know what? We don't really want to have this villain stealing. So then Grimace kind of became this benevolent, lovable purple blob who just liked to drink the McDonald's shakes. But I was hooked on Grimace.
Loved Grimace. Always have. Whenever we would talk about it, whenever it was when just sitting around talking, and all of a sudden something was, I, you know, talking about the old di- times. And, oh, well, I loved Grimace. I mean, Grimace was my guy. For whatever reason, I loved Grimace. Didn't know what he was. I didn't know he was a taste bud. Didn't know if he was. I, I just loved Grimace. There was even an Uncle O'Grimacy. I remember that when they, when they first introduced the Shamrock Shake. Before it was mint flavored, it was just green. But that was cool enough for us to buy it. There's, it was just a vanilla shake, but it was green. The first Shamrock Shakes were not mint flavored. They were just colored with green for St. Patrick's Day. It was just a vanilla shake, but you had to want to buy the green shake. It looked cool. It was still a vanilla shake, but you got the shamrock shake anyway. Brilliant marketing aimed at kids. Now, the funny thing is I'm not a fan of the shamrock shake anymore. I haven't had a shamrock shake in 30 years, if not longer, because I'm not a fan of mint. I don't like mint. So while they try to be maybe a little even more tuned in to the Irish sense of mint and things like that, I sadly have not had a Shadrock shake in 40 years whenever they changed it because I don't like mint. I liked my nice vanilla shake with the green color. That was fine with me. So sadly, I can't get excited by the Shamrock Shake anymore because I'm not a, fa- a, fa- a fan of mint. So anyway, and, le- and, and, and I'll be honest, you know, in the last several years, you know, I don't go to McDonald's regularly as I used to. It's kind of a kid thing, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing, you know, with my wife and I not having kids, we didn't go to McDonald's. We didn't have fast food then in our you know, late 20s and 30s and 40s. And so we, we, we sort of got out of the, the, the habitual going. But if you have kids, you know, you started as a, as a kid yourself going to McDonald's. You may have stopped for a while. But then when you had kids in your late 20s or your 30s, then your kids wanted to go to McDonald's and back you went. So that's why McDonald's then started to expand their menu for things for adults to get. That may have been a little more healthy, like salads or, or chicken, grilled chicken sandwich or something like that. Because they realize that the kids that they that they first hooked, that they first got to love their food, now were older. And they might have now were, were getting more health conscious as they got older. So they had to expand their menu. And another generation, but they were raising another generation of McDonald's fans. But because my wife and I didn't have kids, we didn't go to McDonald's on a regular basis anymore. Our kids weren't nagging us to go because we didn't have any. So I'd stop in the McDonald's every so often. God, I love the filet of fish too. McDonald's has the greatest tartar sauce I've ever tasted. I don't know what it is in it, but I love their filet of fish. (laughs) And the bun it's on, that soft bun, it's different. It's not that sesame seed bun like most of the the like the Big Macs and the Quarter Pounders have. It's this soft bun with that filet of fish and, my gosh, that tartar sauce. Oh. oh. 
But I, you can't tell that I go. I, <laughs> I don't go there all that often. I promise, but I still remember what it tastes like. <laughs> but anyway, so I've always been a fan of McDonald's. I like the food, no question. Not afraid to admit it. Grew up eating it. Still went there on a semi-regular basis at times, but certainly not uh, over the last several decades as I got to be an adult, but still always admired McDonald's. And you can't beat their fries, right? I don't care what anybody says. McDonald's fries. So it's always got a soft spot in my heart, even if I wasn't as much of a regular patron as I had been as a little kid. But being a pop culture fanatic, I couldn't help but still be interested in and and have fond memories of my McDonald's uh, indoctrination, as you can obviously hear. I mean, these are these are crystal clear memories that they come right to me. I can still picture all this stuff. So flash forward to a couple of years ago, and my wife goes to work for McDonald's. And so I said, well, this is awesome because, first of all, I mean, wow, we've, it's almost, this has almost been prophetic. We've had Mr. Speedy in our house for years. And I was like, I said to my wife when she was starting, I said, well, um, I don't know, you know what kind of exposure you're going to have to the, to the muckety mucks there, but I want Grimace back. I love Grimace. Grimace is my favorite. I love Grimace. Bring Grimace back. I said that. I said that to her. I want Grimace back. In fact, on her first day when she started, I went online and I, because I had one of these and I didn't have it anymore, sadly. I probably, but they used to sell these little stuffed, uh, you know, stuffed figures, stuffed animal figures of Ronald McDonald. I remember clearly having it. I loved Ronald McDonald. Loved McDonald's. I had this this doll, this stuffed doll of me, of Ronald McDonald. I know I had it. I probably wore it out. My mom had to throw it out. But I went online. I knew exactly what it looked like. I knew exactly what I was looking for. And sure enough, there was they were there. So I ordered this this stuffed doll. Ronald McDonald doll from the 70s, which I know I had at one time. And then, if you remember, they used to give away these glasses, these McDonald glasses, the drinking glasses. And so they had this whole set. And I remember having that set from the 70s. Now, they had another set in the 80s. I didn't like those. I, by then, by the 80s, I was you know, a little older. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in that 70s nostalgia as a very young kid. I shouldn't be. But I was, at a very young age, I watched television and I was very influenced as a very young age. At three and four and five and six, I was immersed in that stuff more than than my friends were. My nostalgia should be more of the 80s, but my nostalgia of growing up is more from the 70s because I was so into this stuff as a real young kid. Most of my friends were out playing. They weren't paying attention to that stuff, but I was. So my nostalgia from music and and culture, pop culture, is mostly from this, more from the 70s. Even though I was very young and shouldn't even be paying attention, but I was. So when I went online, 
I remembered what the glasses looked like that I had, that set of glasses from the 70s. You went there every week and it was a new glass. Once again, they got you to go there. Brilliant marketing. So once again, the great thing about going online and on SD or eBay and all these kind of places is that if there's some kind of old item, you can find it. You might have to pay a price and you have to make a decision whether you want to. Like I said before, I'd love to have that H&R Puff and Stuff lunchbox. They're out there. I see them. I could order them. At this point in my life, and I mean, you know, I, 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 could, I could get it, but I wonder what am I going to do with it? But I still remember it. I can close my eyes right now. And there's a part of me that really does want it. <laughs> but then reality sinks in. It's like, Jim, really, at this, at this point in your life, what are you going to do with this, with this lunchbox? But, oh, I love that stuff so much that there is a part of me that really does want to. In fact, now that I'm talking about it, I'm afraid I'm going to go on eBay right now. <laughs> but oh, no, I'll, 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 I'll fight the temptation. But anyway, what, so as a, as a thing for my wife to start her first day, I found those, the glasses, the drinking glasses from the 70s, the whole set. Because I don't even know if I had the whole set. As I said, there was Ronald and McCheese and the Big Mac and the Hamburglar and the, uh, the Pirate. And then, of course, Grimace. I really got it for Grimace. But I wanted the whole set anyway. So on her first day, before she went to work, I gave her the Ronald McDonald stuffed doll and the set of McDonald's glasses. In fact, the the Ronald McDonald doll is displayed in our living room. And the glasses, the McDonald's glasses, with Grimace right in the middle, right next to Ronald, where he belongs. Prominent placement. Grimace and the rest are on our counter. So it's a nice little nostalgic thing that goes along, once again, with the rest of our decor. And certainly with the McDonald's decor that we've already had with Mr. Speedy, their original mascot. But when she started there, I just made a joke and said, I want Grimace back. Grimace, Grimace, Grimace. And every so often at work, there were the little, you know, she would, at the at the headquarters, they have all this memorabilia dating back to the beginning. And so she'll take a picture. Oh, look, at there's this Grimace thing. And then, you know, you'll see things online, little Grimace. You know, we bought a couple little Grimace figurines they used to give out in... Uh, in Happy Meals, and we put them as ornaments now on the tree and things like that. So, but, you know, but these were all old. There was no talk about Grimace. I was, I had my own little internal campaign for Grimace and would constantly mention Grimace to her, Grimace, Grimace, Grimace. And then about in January, she said, you're not going to believe what I just found out. That was under wraps. Couldn't talk about it, but now it's out. So now I can talk about it. But she told me back, you know, several months ago, I think it was in January, maybe not me that far, but it was certainly, she's like, you'll never guess what I just found out. She said, in June, they are going to bring Grimace back in a big way. They're going to celebrate his birthday. I'm like, well, when's his birthday? They said, well, 
It's his 52nd birthday. It's not even like a 50th birthday, but they're going to have a Grimace meal. They're going to have Grimace, um, you know, merchandise and, uh, you know, this Grimace shake, this purple Grimace shake. And I'm like, a purple Grimace shake, just like the green shamrock shake that I love so much before they put the mint in it. So I said, oh, my gosh, if it's a purple shake, what's it? it has to be what flavor, folks? What did I just say earlier in the podcast was my favorite flavor of all time? Berry. Mixed berry. It's got to be berry, right, if it's purple? <gasps> a, a blueberry shake? Are you serious? Am I going to be living at McDonald's with a blueberry shake? I love the McDonald's shakes. I always get vanilla. But my God, blueberry shake. I don't remember the last time I had a shake at McDonald's. You know, once again, calories, blah, blah, blah. But oh my gosh, a blueberry shake. It's got to be delicious. So I've been waiting patiently since she told me about this big celebration about the Grimace birthday, especially with the purple shake. And so finally, June 12th came, the first day that the Grimace shake was available. And you know where I was. You know where I was. Thankfully, if you go, I guess if you, there's, there's rules. You can't buy the Grimace shake individually if you order it for the app. I don't know why. But if you go to the drive-thru, or you go to the restaurant, you can get it individually. If not, you have to get it in the meal. Apparently, there's a big controversy. Some restaurants will not sell you the Grimace shake unless you get the Grimace meal, which I think is ridiculous. But a lot of these uh, McDonald's franchisees, they they have they can do whatever they want. McDonald's has a certain reign over them, but they also have a lot of leeway on their own in terms of prices and other things. But to me, if I just want a Grimace shake, I should be able to get a Grimace shake. I shouldn't have to buy the whole meal because I, I might not be hungry. I just might be in the if – if, if I have a taste for an ice cream cone, I don't have to buy the whole – I don't have to buy a Big Mac to get an ice cream cone, do I? So if I want to get a refreshing shake and I want a Grimace shake, since you're promoting this thing, can I just get a Grimace shake? I should be able to. But I'm reading online that some places will not allow it. Now, the, thankfully, the couple times that I've gone, I have been able to get it. So here's my thing. I have been waiting for months now because I knew about this Grimace shake months and months in advance. Waiting for the Grimace shake, waiting for the Grimace birthday, waiting for June 12th. I even wrote it in my daily planner. I told you I put everything in my daily planner. And on June 12th, she told me that's the day that the Grimace shake will be available. And so that's I wrote that down on June 12th. Grimace shakes with an exclamation point. Even used purple to highlight. If you listen to my podcasts in the past like i always tell you to do i tell you that i always highlight stuff with a yellow marker to make them pop out on my daily planner my written daily planner book but for the grimace shake day i used purple marker thank you very much oh yeah no i'm a perfectionist on this stuff i i i i I stay with the concept folks so June 12th, I drive up and I say, can I have a Grimace shake? Now, I've been just, I've been imagining what this berry-flavored shake is going to be. Oh, my God. 
a mixed berry or even a blueberry shake. I mean, it's going to look purple. It's going to look cool, no question. Oh, but gosh, a blueberry or a mixed berry shake? It's what I've been waiting my whole life for. That's my favorite flavor. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love... I love apple pie and I love, you know, an apple cobbler and I love, you know, cinnamon and apple. That's like my favorite combination. It's Abbott and Costello. It's cinnamon and apple. But I will order probably a blueberry pie over an apple pie if they have it. I will order the blueberry cobbler over the apple cobbler if they have it. Now, believe me, I think an apple and cinnamon shake would be outrageously good. And I'm going to put that out in the universe. McDonald's, apple and cinnamon shake. Can't Mayor McCheese, can't that be his favorite shake? That I'm just throwing that out there for you guys. But I really threw this grimace. My wife's like, I can't believe they're doing this grimace thing. You And I'm like, I told you, grimace is great. So I put that out there. I truly believe that two years ago, I put the grimace thing out there. And now I'm reaping. With the what the universe is giving me, a grimace celebration, a grimace birthday, a grimace meal, but a grimace purple buried shake. That's the way it's been. That's the way it was advertised. So June twelfth, I'm there for the purple grimace shake, and I get it. And I there's and I take the straw. And I stick it in to the little hole there. I'm not a big fan of the whipped cream on the top. I'm not a big whipped cream guy. But they put it on, whatever. I But I take that straw and I dig that straw deep into the shake. I don't want, no, I don't want any whipped cream taste. I want shake. I've been waiting months for this berry-flavored Grimace birthday shake. And I stick the 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 straw through that little plastic rounded hole that they give you on the top, so that that the so that the whipped cream won't get ruined. And I take my first sip of the delicious, always thick McDonald's shakes. I love McDonald's shakes, and I take. That sip, and I am waiting for this blueberry or mixed berry, not sure, explosion that I've been in my mind imagining for months now. I've kept it hidden, haven't told a soul. You know, this was a big company secret, and I didn't tell a soul. I was so tempted, but I never did, and now it was available, and I put the straw in. And I I kind of tasted vanilla. I tasted a hint of something. But not necessarily berry and certainly not mixed berry and certainly not the strong taste explosion of berry, mixed berry or blueberry that I was expecting. I mean, you could tell the difference between a chocolate shake and a vanilla shake. You can tell the difference between a strawberry shake and a vanilla shake. You know, the the uh, shamrock shake is mint now. You can taste the mint. Because I remember the first time I tasted it, whoa, what's this? And I had to throw it out. 
I didn't know they changed it to mint the first time. It was always a vanilla shake with green coloring. I remember that first time I, I took a, I, I, I ordered a shamrock shake like I always did, and I took a sip, and it was mint, and I said, I can't drink this. It's terrible. Not a fan of mint. But I had been creating this taste, and I'm like, what? And so, my, so then I pulled, I literally pulled over. I pulled over. I was so into this shake, the expectation for the shake. I pulled over to stir it. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, the flavoring got caught. I didn't get the flavor in the right spot where the straw was because I was waiting for a blueberry or a mixed berry explosion. And I didn't get it. So I pulled the car over. And I took that little half dome top thing off, and now I stirred that thing. I took the whipped cream off and threw it in the bag. Not a fan of the whipped cream. And I'm stirring this thing, and I'm like, and it's, I mean, this thing is purple. There's no question. I mean, it looks like Grimace. It's, they, visually, they hit a home run. But for me, they, I needed that blueberry. They said it was berry flavored. And I, 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 I t- tasted a, a, a hint of it, but not the explosion I thought. So now I stirred it, took another sip. I tasted a little more, but not like I expected. So I finished it. I I ordered a small one anyway because I first wanted to taste it. So I got home and I told my wife and I said, I got to tell you, I, I, I I didn't taste the berry explosion and she said well i don't think it's berry necessarily i said no no i read it it was berry believe me she's like she goes i don't know if they said it was berry i know that it was purple and i said oh they got the purple nailed it it looks beautiful looks gorgeous but it said berry flavored so i was like well maybe i just got a bad one right so i'm like i'm gonna have to go back and get another one because maybe i got a bad one Maybe they just didn't put enough. It was the first day that they were making them. Maybe they didn't have the recipe down this place that I got it. Maybe this one, they didn't do it right. They didn't put enough. I don't know. But I'm like, I got to try it again. Because I've been imagining this berry-flavored Grimace shake for several months now. And this was not living up to what I wanted. It was a good shake. Don't get me wrong. There was a hint of berry. And it was refreshing. But it didn't have the explosion that I expected. So I didn't go there the next day. I waited. I mean, how many shakes are you going to keep eating, right? But then the interesting thing is I started looking online. And while there was a lot of, uh, you know, media attention to the Grimace shake and the Grimace thing, I was starting to see, as you do now online, people reviewing everything. And many people, if you go on Google and hit, flavor of new grimace shake the headline on many of these stories was what flavor is the grimace shake or the grimace shake doesn't taste like berry so now i show my wife i said see this says berry flavored but i'm not the only one not tasting it as strong as you thought everybody came with the same review they said it was very good there's a hint of a of a fruity flavor. It is refreshing. It's a good shake. But it didn't have the pungent berry taste that you would have expected. 
And people are saying, what is this flavor? And McDonald's has been very tight-lipped because the media has called McDonald's to say, so what's the deal with this Grimace shake? Is it supposed to be flavored? Is it supposed to be buried? What's the deal? And I don't know if this is another excellent marketing campaign forget to get people to talk about it because here I am talking about the Grimace shake. I may have told you about it before regardless, but now I may have mentioned, oh, I had a Grimace shake and it's great. You know, if it, if it tasted like the berry, but I wouldn't have went on like this. So now at least I knew that my taste buds, and apparently that's what Grimace is, a taste bud. At least that's one theory. Uh, see, it all ties in. So I went back for a second one. Three or four or five days later, I got a small again because I'm like, I got to taste it. And it was the same thing. And I keep reading stories now as people are getting it now. Now that it's been out for a couple of weeks, everybody's saying the same thing. It's a good shake. There's a hint of sweetness, of berry. Some people have, have compared it to Fruity Pebbles, which is interesting. There's Fruity still there. And there, and I, maybe that's where I got my love of berry, too, because I loved Fruity Pebbles as a little kid. <laughs> I really had good eating habits, right? Um, but it wasn't the berry explosion. So I had another one. It was good. I'm going to have, probably have another one. But I still think, because it is what it is, and for whatever reason, whether they did it on purpose, I'm not sure. They wanted to create a little controversy. I'm not sure what the deal is. I would have loved a little stronger berry flavor. Maybe they're setting the stage for a berry-flavored grimace uh, thing every year. I don't know what their big plan is. They might be playing the long game here. And maybe the next iteration will be more berry flavor. Who knows? I wouldn't put anything past mcdonald's marketing because they're they've been marketing geniuses and they've they've got me for the last 50 years so i i bow to them in terms of their marketing so maybe there's a long game here they got me to buy two of those and i didn't even and they and i was wanting it wasn't what i expected and i still bought two of them (laughs) right so it worked Whatever, if whether it was a marketing, uh, you know, uh, element, or they just didn't want to make it overly buried for some reason, I'm not sure why. Or maybe they're planning on another grimace shake next year, like they do with the. Maybe it's going to be an, an annual thing. Every June we'll have a grimace shake, and maybe like with the shamrock shake, it went from a colored. Green shake to a mint shake. Maybe next year there'll be a little more berry flavor. They just, they're just they just starting you. I don't know. Maybe there's a long game. I don't know. But all I know is I'm going to get another one because I want to celebrate Grimace's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy 52nd birthday, Grimace. We're both in around the same age. And McDonald's. You did it again. But I have to think that somewhere out in the ether, in the zeitgeist of pop culture, two years ago or so, 
I threw it out there. I want Grimace. I love Grimace. Grimace, Grimace, Grimace. And here we are with our own Grimace meal and Grimace shake. Thank you for listening, McDonald's. Thank you for listening, Universe. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 370. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen.